Okay, today's daf is Shabbos, daf nun aleph, and we are on nun aleph and aleph, the Mishnah. So this is the final topic in Perak HaTamana, and then we'll move on to another Perak in Shabbos, another discussion regarding Bahamas. Okay, so the Mishnah says, And let's say a person did not yet do HaTamana prior to Shabbos. You cannot do HaTamana, you cannot cover your pot once Shabbos arrives. Seemingly, if you did something before Shabbos, so then you could uh, redo it if it fell off. So hold on a second. Just some background for this Mishnah is that obviously we're not discussing a hatmana in something that's mice of heva, something that increases heat, because we saw in the previous Mishnahis, you're not allowed to do that for Shabbos. Even if you're doing it on Friday, one is not allowed to insulate their pots in a dove or hamice of heva. So obviously we're discussing something that is not going to increase the heat, at most it's going to keep the, it's going to maintain the temperature. So a person is not allowed to on Shabbos insulate something. Even if it's not going to increase the heat, you're not allowed to insulate things on Shabbos itself. The reason was, we mentioned in the previous year, the reason is because if a person is trying to get his food hot or trying to keep it hot, he's going to, he's already playing around with his food, he might end up putting it on the fire, and he might end up cooking. So that's why Chazam made another gezeira, one cannot do hatmana on Shabbos, even in something that is not Moisif Heva. So like you saw me by them, this is the Mishnah, like you saw me by, by them, if you had not yet covered your pot on Friday, you cannot cover it once Shabbos comes in, too late. However, Kisoho, if you covered it, Vinizgala, and then it got uh, opened up, the, let's say a towel, you wrapped it in a towel, and then, Someone took off a towel. They uh, they took a halacha shower on Shabbos. Halacha is mutter lechasaisai. You you could cover it once it was covered going into Shabbos. Chazal mekel that you're allowed to recover it on Shabbos. And if you look in Shochan and if you yourself wanted to take out some chalant and you want to put it back in, no problem as long as it's not moisef havel. So since it was already. Uh, matmin before Shabbos, similar to the concept of Chazara, that if a person had a fully cooked food on the flame, there's conditions that you could take it off, take some chalant, put it back on. Now you can't do that if it wasn't on the flame going into Shabbos. You would need to put it on top of, uh, you know, a kadeira, all these different things. What you would have to do. So the concept is that once it was already on the right track going into Shabbos, Chazar Meiko, that you're allowed to rewrap it on Shabbos. So Kisov and Isgala mutter lechasaisei. Next halacha, memali es hakitan. A person's like he could fill up a uh, pitcher of water with cold water. Venoisin lesachas akar. You could put it underneath a pillow, aitachas akeses, or underneath a mattress in order to keep it cold, so that it doesn't get warm. Keeping your uh, your cold drink cold, you're allowed to do that, even though it's similar to hatmana. The Gemara is going to discuss what's the chiddush of that. So let's see. Amar b'yudem ashmo, motor lahatmin es hatsoinin. A person's allowed to do hatmana on soinin. In order that it shouldn't get hot, you're allowed to wrap up your, your cold water bottle in a paper towel. Whatever you have to do, you're allowed to do that on Shabbos. So I'm Rav Yosef, my Kamash one. What's your Chiddush? Tanina, we learned in a Brisa. In, in our Mishnah, in Mali Adam Kisain, Vinoisin Tachasakar, Oitachasakesas. A person's allowed to fill up a pitcher of water and you can, put it, you can put it underneath your pillow, underneath your mattress. There's no problems. Amalei Abaya, Abaya said, Tuva Kamash Mulan. He's telling us a bigger Chiddush. What's the Chiddush? If it was just from our Mishnah, 
Mishnah. Have I mean I would have said Hanimili Davar She'ein Darker Lahatman. That's only regarding something like water where people don't typically do hatmana on it. Something that people typically would do hatmana if they were trying to get this food warm. So I'll, I'll give an example. An example would be probably a good example would be coffee. So people, you could see someone wrapping his iced coffee in a towel to keep it cold, right? And you could see someone wrapping his hot coffee in a towel to keep it warm. So maybe there should be xero, don't wrap your iced coffee in your towel because it looks like hatmana and someone's gonna do the same thing by his hot coffee. So I would've, I would've said, Dabar shadake lahatmin, lah, you shouldn't be able to do it. Another xera, a xera on wrapping cold things because someone might end up wrapping hot things of, of this type of food. So kamash fulan is no problem. Too much of a xera, too many xeras here. So you're allowed to wrap up a cold items. So let's say a person has a, I don't know, a child, your child has a freeze pop or something, and he wants to, you to keep it frozen, you can wrap it in a towel, no problem to do that on Shabbos. What's the thermos? What's the... What's the thermos? A thermos would be a... It's a good shayla in halacha. Usually it's not, um, it's not that you're wrapping something in a... You, when we talk about atmana, you're taking a kli, and you're putting it into another kli. Here, I mean, it's one keli. It's... It's a it's a thick uh, it's a thick keli, so it's typically not that wouldn't be called atmana. There's also is that called atmana in a klisheni, and we're going to see this our gemara here in a few lines says brings down your case that if someone moves it from a kli rishon to another keli, so perhaps it's going to cool off you know while you're moving it. So that itself shows that you don't want it to be as hot as your original uh, as your original uh, urn. So lemaisa we're for, for for many reasons. Okay, next, I'm a Ravuna, I'm a Rebbe. So Rebbe holds, you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to take your coffee, your iced drink, and wrap it in a towel. Not like Shmuel. So the Gemara says, Vatania Rebbe Hitzer Lahatman Esatzonin. We have a price that says Rebbe was Mekel. You could do Hatmana on Tzonin. So the Gemara says, like Kasha, Ha, Mekam, when did he say it's Asr Mekam Edelishmi Mi Rebbe Shmuel Rabbi That's before you heard from Rebbe Shmuel Rabbi Ha, huh? when did Rebbe say it's mutter? That's the Basad Lishme. After he heard the Psak of Rabbi Shmuel, but Rabbi Yossi, Rebbe changed his mind. And what we actually have a story. Rebbe sat once and he said, You're not allowed to do the Hatmana with cold food. I'm on the front of Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yossi. So Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yossi told Rebbe, Abba, my father, Rabbi Yossi, hit their Lahatmin And he said, It's mutter. You're allowed to do Hatmana with a cold food. Uh, beverage, cold food, you're allowed to wrap it. So Amar Rebbe said, if that's true, Kvar Hoyrazakim. There's already a psak from Rabbi Yossi, so therefore Rebbe retracted his position and he went back to allowing one to do Hatmana with cold. Amar Papa, come and see how much respect, how much love Rebbe and Rabbi Yossi had for each other. She'ilu Rabbi Yossi Kayev. If Rabbi Yossi was alive, he would have sat in front of Rebbe as if he was a Talmud of Rebbe. He was a gadol, he was chashuv, still. Because Rebbe was the Nasi. So you see that, even meaning if, if Rebbe Yossi would have still been around, he would have sat in front of Rebbe. And still Rebbe, who he would have sat in front of, still saying, that if Rebbe Yossi paskind, so that's the psak. So just you see the uh, respect 
that Rebbe had for Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Yossi had for Rebbe. Amalei Rav Nachman le Daru Avdi. Rav Nachman told Daru his servant, Atman lead signing. Do Atman for me, take something cold and and a wrap, wrap it in towels for me. So Asili Maya da Achim Kafilarma. Then he told him something else. He said, Asili Maya, bring me water to Achim that was heated up by a Kafila Arma, by an Armenian chef. So if you ever look at Yaridea, this comes up, Timas Kfela, that we go by the taste of an Armenian chef. So either way, he told him, bring me water that was heated up by a Kfela Arma. So what will be the Shaila here? So two things. So first he's telling me, bring me water that was that you're going to do hatmana on cold water for me. So showing him that there's no problem of doing hatmana on Shabbos with cold food. No problem of wrapping it. And second Chiddush is he telling him, bring me hot water that was heated up by a Nachri. Showing him there is no problem of Bishul Akam when it comes to water. So you're allowed to go to Starbucks, you get hot water in a cup, no problem. There's no Bishul Akam problem. So that was... The story. That's what Rav Nachman told Daru his servant. So Shama Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Ami heard that Rav Nachman was mako ve'ikpad. He got upset. So the Gemara says, Amar Rav Yosef, my time ikpad. Why did he get upset? Kiravva say of it. Rav Nachman did like his his rabbeim. Chada kirav. One halacha he went like Rav. V'chada kishmuel. The other halacha he went like Shmuel. We're gonna see kishmuel. He went like Shmuel. We just had an hour gemara. He allowed to do hatamana with cold. So what was wrong? The Rav Nachman went with his Rebbe Shmuel. Kirav, and which psak is the famous psak of Rav? Damarav Shmuel Barav Yitzchak Amarav, a famous halacha in Hilchos in, in Yaradea. Kol shehu nechel kamoishu anything that's edible, raw, let's say uh, nuts or um, vegetables, certain things. Even if a nachri cooks it for you, still there's no iser of bishalakam on it. If something is edible raw, so there's no problem of bishalakam on it. So why would he be makbid on these things? So why, why did Rav Asi get upset of Rav Nachman? So the Gemara says, Who suffer Adam Shani? Rav Ami thought or held that Adam Chashuv Shani, Adam Chashuv, Tamar Chacham should not rely on these kulas, on these leniencies, because people will say, eh, halacha is not so important. Even these rabbanim, they're being mako, they drink water from Starbucks, they uh, they they put water, they wrap it in towels. So no, so you shouldn't do that. So it's actually brought down the shach in Yerodea brings us down that Adam Chashuv should be machmir and uh, not uh, and not be mako on certain kulas. However. Kemar Ola Achranim argue, the Chassam Soifer argues, and he says, if you look at the Gemara, nobody went with him. It was only Rav Asi who said that. However, Rav Nachman, and, and we, we never find that people were machmir on, on not eating bishal, you know, bishal akum on water. We never machmir on that. And the truth is, this man is that. If a person wants to be machmir on this, you can't drink uh, milk, you can't drink, a lot of things are cooked that are technically edible raw, but, but they're cooked by bishal, by, by, by Nachrim. You know, commercial foods. We rely on the fact that something is nechachai that doesn't need bishul akum, doesn't need bishul yisrael. So, lemaisa even adam chashav, it's not brought down. The paiskim bismanazeh and even the previous generation, they didn't even discuss this concept of adam chashav shani, and therefore the halacha we don't say this across the board. These kulas are brought down in shulchan aruch. A person is allowed to eat food that was cooked by a guy if it's nechachai, and a person is allowed to wrap cold items in towels on Shabbos. Just uh, maybe just speak. Some, yeah, go. I'm sorry, is this a moving target? Because I, I remember a lot of people won't eat like uh, canned salmon because it's official 
concrete, but nowadays people eat salmon raw. Oh, I was, I was actually, Chaim, you took the words out of my mouth. I was about to talk about sushi. So the question is, when we discuss something that's nechol chai, something that's edible raw, what does that mean it's edible raw? That means people have to eat it, or pe- meaning people would eat it. Theoretically, they would eat it. How do you define what's called edible raw? So over the years, they've had many different uh, discussions. So one discussion in the, in the kosher's world was yellow corn. So sweet corn technically is edible raw. Next time you buy corn, before you cook it, eat it. It's edible raw. Delicious. So would canned corn need, you know, bishli Yisrael? So if you buy your Heimish brand canned corn, they have a mashkia of turning on the fire. Now, hopefully, he turned on the fire and not the packaging machine. But uh, you hope uh, you hope it's a good ashkacha. They know what they're doing. But that that's that's, uh, that's regarding corn. Um, another question would be, let's say salmon. Bismanazeh, salmon. So many people eat sushi or sashimi, other things that are not cooked. So should that change the industry standards on salmon? So a few things. Also, if it's salmon or the tuna, it's different grades tuna. So they're not using, probably not using sushi grade tuna or sushi grade salmon for canned salmon, canned tuna. Right. Good. So good point. Fair point. Now, when it comes to salmon, they're mostly the same. As long as it's fresh, you could use uh, the sushi grade is the same. It's almost the same as the regular salmon. Additionally, there's a so two things. So I asked Ravelski to tell about you have a sushi. Let's see, you have a sushi bar, and they have a the, the non-Jewish chef is doing the uh, scorching the salmon. You know, after some people get a scorched salmon roll. So is that scorching a problem of bishalakim? That's one question. That we could be makel on most places where makel. The second shaila is let's you get a tempura roll. So they're deep frying your fish. So again, for Ashkenazim, it's not a big deal. Mashiach comes in the morning, turns on the deep fryer, you're good to go. But if you're a Svardi, halacha l'chatchila, the Svardim ha'machman that the Mashiach has to have, that the Mashiach has to put the food on the fire. So can the sushi guy deep fry my spider sushi roll? Right? That's the question. So we're trying to figure out. We don't know. Uh, do most sushi places, will they give you the same exact fish that's on the sushi bar when you're ordering a fried fish? Or will they take the lower quality fish and deep fry it because they're cooking it anyways? Now, either way, there's an argument like this. There's an argument based on, based on uh, another concept. We're going way off, way, off to- way off topic here, but it's interesting. When we say that there's a difference between sushi-grade salmon or sushi-grade fish and non-sushi-grade fish, who cares? The consumer doesn't care. I mean, he might care that you're serving him things that are not as healthy, but as far as taste is concerned, it's the same edible, right? It's the same edible. It's, 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 it's edible raw. You might, FDA might not recommend certain grades of fish, but at the end of the day, salmon is salmon, tuna is tuna. So if that's considered edible, perhaps we should rethink, reconsider if fish is considered nechachai. So based on all these uh, you know, sveikos. So Chaim, you know, in the kashrus world, perhaps we'd be, we'd be makel for a sushi uh, guy to, you know, scorch the salmon, you know, on the roll. Or as Rabelsky says, that's how told me you could even have him deep fry that same sushi where the guy was about to eat it raw and he deep fries it, no problem. But to say that everyone considers tuna edible raw, it's, it's difficult to say that, not so convincing. So therefore, uh, you know, at least the chatchila, we'd be, we'd be machmer. You wouldn't have a... Uh, a chef grilling tuna, you know, in the back of in the back of a restaurant without a mashkiach turning on the fire. So policy-wise, it's basically the same. But 
you are correct that it's a moving target, that in five years from now, everyone is eating sashimi left and right. Nobody cares about sushi grade, maybe in Japan or uh, in other, in, in Asia, perhaps this would be considered nechokhai. Yeah, any questions, then we'll move on. Coffee. Why, why is it much taking coffee? Okay, coffee? so coffee, we're going to have to wait till Zara. Uh, I think Toys is Lamed Zayin or Lamed Tess over there. We'll get to why coffee does not need to be Bishri Yisrael. The Aruch HaShulchan says, anyone who's machmir, anyone who's machmir on uh, coffee having Bishri Yisrael. We'll talk about it. But it's not really because of Nechokhai. So it's not really our, our topic here. But Mayor, we will bleed another. Bleed another, we'll get to it in Mesechtas Avodah Zara. Okay, let's keep going. So once we said that once Shabbos comes, if you do not yet do Hatmana, you cannot even do Hatmana in a Dover Hevel, just wrapping something in towels, you cannot do that. In Bala Haisa, but let's say you already had done Hatmana and you want to add a cover, Maisif, you're allowed to add another cover because since it's already insulated, there's no concern that it's going to cool down and you're going to actually, by you doing it, you're heating it up. There's no concern and therefore one is allowed to add a extra covering. So if Shem says, you can even remove, I'm just reading it the way Samri Shonim explained it, you can even remove the, the, the sudden, the, the linen on it. You can remove the linen and put the wool on it, so which are even stronger than the than the linen. You could take take one, put another one on, you could even switch which material you were using to insulate it. That specific mecham, that pot. So let's say you had a chicken soup and it was, you cooked it in a pot. Now you want to empty it into a your plastic container or something else, a different pot. If you removed it from one pot to another pot, mutter, you're allowed to do hatmana in that second pot, as long as it's not moist and hava. You can't take, you know, the the the, the materials of our first mission of zevel of sand. You can't do that. But to wrap it in a towel, one would be allowed to do it. Ah, you're doing hatmana. So what's the reason? So the Gemara says, Hashta akuri Here, you're cooling it off. Atuche kamirtachla. You're gonna be concerned. He's now going to heat up the the liquid, the, the soup, on Shabbos, and therefore there would be no problem. Next, taman vikisa bedaver hanita b'Shabbos. Let's say you you did hatmana. So now we're go, we're going to assume that they used to do hatmana, meaning they used to do they used to insulate the perimeter of the pot with one material, and they would use something else to cover it. That was, I guess, that was a standard, standard fear. So, Taman Vikisa Badavarnita Bashabas, if they put something, they surrounded it and buried something with an, an object back to Hilchus Muksa that can be moved on Shabbos, no Muksa, or Taman or they surrounded the pot with something that cannot be moved on Shabbos, something that was Muksa, but Vikisa, they covered it, Hanita with something that was not moksa. So the Gemara says, You're allowed to move it. You're allowed to, you're allowed to take out the pot and put it back. Because over here, I don't have to deal directly with moksa. Either nothing's moksa, or just 
what's surrounding the pot is muksa, but what's on the cover is not muksa, and I'm allowed to take out the cover, I'm going to take out the pot, I'll, I'll find a way to deal directly with the pot without having to deal with the muksa. However, Taman Vikisa let's say you did both. You wrapped it in something and you covered it with something that they're both not able to be moved on Shabbos, they're both muksa. Oi, Shataman So even if you used uh, non muksa items to surround the pot, but Vikisa Badavashinitabashabas, but you put muksa on top of the cover, on top of the cover of the pot, so you're stuck. There's muksa there. So there's one option. If you have a little bit of the handle of the pot, Magula uh, revealed, so then Noitel, you could take it. This is what we had in the previous daf. There's no problem of moving muksa kilachayad or totem and in order to get to your food. You're allowed to pick up the pot as long as you could access pot without touching muksa, you're allowed to do that. Umachazar and you go return it. However, if you, there's no way for you to access this pot without dealing directly with the muksa, so you cannot take anything and you cannot put it back. So, no, no, from a base. Top line. Rabbi Yehuda, I'm in the Irish of Pishton Daka. You have this, uh, the shearings of this uh, thin linen. Harehi kezevel, it's like zevel. And the Mishnah Memzayan told us zevel adds heat, and one cannot use that even on Friday to do hatmana. Next, Manichan Mecham, we had this before. Manichan Mecham, Agabi Mecham, you could put a, a, uh, a copper pot of water on top of another pot, the kedera or a cheres, a uh, pottery pot, agave kedera, avaloi kedera agave mecham, for mecham agave kedera. You shouldn't put a kedera on top of a mecham or a mecham on top of a kedera because the the china pot would be hotter than the metal one and it would be moisif hevel. Okay? So if, if you have that mixture, you shouldn't do it. So you could do uh, metal on metal or China on China, but you can't have the China pot and the metal pot together because it's going to increase the heat, and that would be a problem. Next, the tachas pia bebatzik, you could take dough and use that to to, to stuff the the uh, top of the pot on Shabbos, and it's not a problem. Now you can't knead the dough on Shabbos, but as long as you had the dough that was prepared, you could do that. Now veloy bishvil sheyech, when you cannot do that in order that it should get hot. This is talking about putting pot on top of another pot. All you're trying to do is maintain the heat that it shouldn't get cold. But if you're trying to get it hotter, so that will be a problem. In the same way you cannot do atmana with chamin. So too, you cannot do atmana with cold. And we just saw that you could. So we're gonna see Rabbi hit the No, you could you could do atmana with cold uh, beverages, with, with cold items, you could wrap it, you could do atmana on Shabbos. One more Gemara before we finish by Mantoimin. So the this Brysa continues. You cannot be morasic, you can't crush Loyasa Sheleg, the Loyasa Bard, you can't chop up snow or ice. When a person is trying to get water, one is not allowed to crush snow or crush ice. What will be the problem? So Either it's a problem of schita, it's similar to squeezing, the same way you cannot squeeze an orange on Shabbos or a grape. You should not be squeezing out ice in order to get liquid. It's similar to schita. It wouldn't be an isra but it would be an isra That's one way of learning it. There's another way of learning it, which is what we'll see in a moment, halacha, is that there's a problem of 
of, of Moilid. You're creating something on Shabbos. So the same way we can't create things on Shabbos, of Boina, you cannot create something on Shabbos. And by taking ice and making it into water, you have now created something on Shabbos. There's even a discussion, the Marsham has a tshuva, regarding making seltzer on Shabbos. So there's different, different shitas in the Paiskim. But the shadow would be, is that called creating something on Shabbos? So right now we have this Easter, we'll get, we'll get to the uh, details in a moment, but the price says, Imaraskin, the shalag, the bar of Shabbos, you cannot crush the ice, either Mishan Schita or because of Mylid. In order to get the liquid out, you could take ice and put it into your cup of water, meaning I already have water in my cup. I can add ice to my beverage. Seemingly, you shouldn't put ice there first. Either say kahakara or putting it into a plate. There's no problem because what's the issue here? The issue is that you're trying to get water out of it, but if by the time water, by the time it starts melting, uh, I already had a, li- a beverage in there, so when this ice melts into liquid and, and it's getting mixed into my soda, it doesn't look like schita, or even if it was moilet, it's not nicker, which part was created on Shabbos, and therefore you're allowed to add ice to your cup of soda. But if you're not going to be pouring your drink right away, a person should put the drink first and then put the ice. If you're pouring it right away, there would really be no reason to be machmer. Again, the place can just say, you know, there's always, you know, there's always room for, for uh, chumras. But din. The only issue would be is if the uh, if the if the ice is going to melt. If, as soon as you're, you you know you're, you take ice and you pour a drink in, that's fine. But if you're not, you're schmoozing, you're klutzing around. It's definitely better to put the drink in first and then put in your ice. So just just to go back. So first of all, So we finished another classic parak in in Shabbos. So just to go back a little bit to what we just mentioned with Marasi uh, Shalak. So just a few Shalos. So one shaila is, if you learn that this is all about moilid, that looks like I'm creating something, so again, we have the shaila of, of, uh, of ice on Shabbos. Can a person make ice on Shabbos? Can a person take his uh, melted freeze pops that he, for, that he forgot to put in the freezer uh, you know, before Shabbos and his kids are uh, you know, bothering him? Can he say, okay, wait an hour, we'll put it in the freezer, and we'll have ice on Shabbos. Isn't that a problem of Moilid? The same way taking ice and making it into liquid is a problem of Moilid. So too, this is also a problem of Moilid. So according to Rashi and according to the Ramah, it would taka be aser. The Shmir Shabbos Kachasa says, a person is allowed to rely on those that are mekel, even the Ramah. The Ramah, who's the one that's machmir, says, one is mekel. The Shmir Shabbos Kachasa holds, it's totally fine. But Sitz Eliezer is mekel even the Chachila. So again, usually when someone's asking a Shaila, there is somewhat of a Tzarech, and therefore a person is allowed to make ice. Let's say they enjoy ice with their beverages. You could, and a guest coming, you know, a situation where they would want to have ice, or it's a hot day, the children want ices, no problem, you're allowed to make ice or ices on Shabbos. That's one Shiloh. Another Shiloh, which is a little more detailed for Halach Lamai, so we'll save it, you know, for another parak. but there's a discussion regarding taking a, a, a pan of, let's say, chicken or, or, or meat that has a gravy in it, and the gravy is congealed. So can I put it on a fire in a hector way on Shabbos, however I'm figuring it, that out, it's going to melt. If it's going to melt, I'm turning it into gravy. So there's two Shilas there. One Shilas is, is that called a liquid regarding Bishel? Is that called a liquid that I'm now recooking on Shabbos? That's one Shilas we'll deal with a different time. There's a second Shilas, I'm taking congealed gravy and I'm making it into uh, a sauce. So isn't that moilid? So the Ramah brings us down in the end of Simon Shin Yerches. He's makeable makam tzarech. Again, the machaber of svarim, no problem. When they learn this Gemara, there's a problem of schita, of squeezing something, extracting something. 
and not extracting anything by taking gravy, congealed gravy, turning it into liquid. So the Svaramo is mutter. The Ramah says, Lechatchila one should be machmer, but he says, So depending on the situation, one can probably be makel, depending on the tzarach. Another shadow that comes up is putting salt on ice. This is a Minneapolis special. Can a person salt their ice on Shabbos? So on one end, you would say it's morassic shallow. You're, you're crushing ice. So a few different considerations. First of all, the Gemara says, It seems like you're trying to get water from there. When I, when I crush, when I put salt in my ice, I don't care about water. I just don't want anyone to slip. So therefore, the Shemir Shabbos Kachasa is Mako. There are other Paiskim that bring different reasons to be Mako, but the consensus of the Paiskim is one could definitely be Mako. If there's a Nachri available, so many shuls have a security guard or something, so many shuls will just have the Nachri do it. But halachically, if there is no one available, uh, it will be mutter to salt your ice on Shabbos. Okay, Hadron Allah by Matt Taimon. So let's go to the next parak here. So the next parak discusses by Matt Behema Yaitzes. What can an animal walk out with on Shabbos? So look at the next parak. The next parak is by Matt Isha Yaitzes. What, what could a woman walk out? So there's a, this, there, there's a concept of Haitzah. Haitzah is one of the Lama Tes Malachas, and we're going to see when it comes to humans what we're allowed to carry, what we are not allowed to carry. So the Pnei Yeshua. The art school introduction brings us down. The Pnei Yeshua says that why is this mentioned here? So when we discuss getting ready for Shabbos, and this is the first couple of prakim, in the first parak we had Hitzah, but when we, when we consider getting prepared for Shabbos, so you have to make sure your food is hot, you know, very important, make sure there's challenge for tomorrow. You also have to make sure they have Shabbos candles, that was, you know, by Mehmed Likin. And here you have to make sure that your animals are dressed appropriately for Shabbos. If, they're not, right, if, if you're not allowed to carry something on Shabbos, so you have to make sure you take it off before Shabbos. So same thing, if you have animals, there are certain things that animals are allowed to wear on Shabbos. Now you're going to look at me like, where is this coming from? So we'll just we'll take out the Shulchan Aruch, Simen Shinhei. It's really quoting from this, from this Gemara. So if you look at the Mishavur, the Mishavur brings that, now it's Machlech Yisrael What's the source for this concept of Shvisas Behemta, that a person's animal cannot do Malacha? It's either that, what we say in Kiddush of... Uh, and your animals have to keep Shabbos. That's one source. We'll see that not everyone agrees that that's the source for this concept. The Mishru brings the other source. It's a Pasuk in, in the Aseris that they verse. I'm sorry, it's not Aseris, it's in Pasha Mishpatim. There's a, a mitzvah of Yenuach, that your animal has to rest on Shabbos. Independent of that your animal has to rest on Shabbos. Now, based on this, an animal is allowed to graze on Shabbos because that's Yenuach for him. So even though a person would not be able to eat grass from the, from the ground on Shabbos, but an animal could do that, that's called Yenuach for Shabbos. So a person's animal is not allowed to do malacha. Typically, they're not allowed to do malacha on Shabbos. Now, if Zilberstein has a case, he, 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 he has a shadow like this. I don't know if he made it up, but someone uh, trained his dog to fetch him the newspaper. So every morning the dog goes and gets the newspaper on Shabbos. So he said, let's say a person lives in, a, in an area where, where the, the, uh, the newspaper boy throws it, and it's in a Rishos Haravim. It's not in a, it's not a Rishos Yachach. Can a dog, because he had to stop the dog from going to the street to pick up the newspaper and bring it back in. So that's one Shiloh. The truth is many people do have pets today. If you have a pet, so if you live in a place outside of an Arab, you have a Shiloh. What could the dog wear? You know, let's say you have a design for the dog. Is a dog allowed to wear that? I remember giving a share, we mentioned this a few times in the DAF, that uh, the American pharaoh owner, he owned, uh, there was a triple crown horse, and the owner of the horse was Jewish, 
So I once gave a share, and we literally brought this parak alive, figuring out what is a horse allowed to wear on Shabbos, because the horse is, is in a place where there's, it's not a Rosh Yachid, the, uh, the derby, right? There wasn't a Rosh Yachid, it's probably a Kamalus, so is a horse allowed to carry the jockey? Is he allowed to carry the extra materials? So very interesting, halachic shear. I'm sure the guy did a mechira, figured out how to, how to get out of it, but it was just interesting shear. If a person owned a horse, if you own an animal, so you have, you have a concept, your animal is not allowed to do malacha for you. So now we're trying to figure out what animals you know, wear, what exactly they're allowed to wear on Shabbos. So just to read the point of the Mishavur, the Mishavur says like this, you know, when it comes to humans, there's three levels. There's something called a beged, that's your clothing. When I put on a shirt, I don't have to have a lumda shadin why I'm allowed to wear it on Shabbos. That's called clothing, right? Don't be machmer. You know, you can wear your shirt in the street on Shabbos. Then there's something called a, the other extreme is a masoi. A masoi is a burden. It's a schlep. I don't want to wear it, right? I don't want this on me. So that's called a masoi. That's a burden. If a person carries that on Shabbos, that's a problem. That's hoitza. There's something in between, which is called a tachshit, which is like an ornament. It's not necessarily the, the classic baguette. It's not a shirt, but it's an ornament. It looks nice. So jewelry, those types of things are not a baguette. So those are typically mutter to wear on Shabbos. So the same thing when it comes to a behemoth. So a behemoth is allowed to wear things that are either lishmira, to guard it, to protect it. So we're going to see some examples. Another one is that that what a an owner will use to protect his animal, meaning to control his animal. So that's why I sent out those pictures on the WhatsApp of uh, different types of, of things. We have bits and um, all types. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it in the Mishnah. Different things that people will use, you know, for their horses and for their camels. So here we go. Okay. So, what can an animal go out with on Shabbos and what can it not carry on Shabbos? So, the, so the Mishnah said like this A camel could go out with a halter. So, a halter is your, is, uh, you look at your picture of a horse, that's your classic um, halter. I don't have another word for it. You have these little uh, bands holding its, its, uh, its face in place. So, that, that, that's fine. A camel could go out with that. That's enough to control the camel. So that's typically what they wear. You're allowed to do that. Vinaka v'chatam. A naka is similar to a camel. It's a dromedary. If you look, I sent pictures. So a camel has two humps. That's the, uh, that's, that's the reality. The, the top picture is like an Arabian... Uh, it's like, it looks like an Arabian camel. There's one hump to it. That's called a dromedary. It's not really a camel. If you're taking notes at home, so these animals, it seems like they're a little more uh, wild, and you needed more, more um, constraint. Okay, so go with a chatam. A chatam we're gonna see is that nose ring. So I sent the picture of this also with some dude from the Middle East. He has his nose ring on the camel, so that is painful for the camel, and it really controls it. So it seems well, that's actually not a camel; it's a dromedary. But the dromedary needs it, while the camel doesn't need it. It doesn't need this whole nose piece. The luvdekin, the prumbia, and a luvdekin is a certain type of donkey. So they need a prumbia. Prumbia is a is a bit. So again, back to the pictures. So if you if you just Google a bit for a horse, you're not going to see a horse. You're going to see. Uh, 
it looks like handcuffs actually. So it goes onto that onto the uh, halter, and there's a bit in between that the that that the horse literally is biting on. It's like a metal rod going through. Painful, but it keeps the horse at bay. It does it does its trick with controlling the horse. The sus and a, and a horse could go out the share with a collar. All animals that typically wear a collar could go out with them on Shabbos, and they could be pulled by this car. Now, again, we're talking in a case where there's Rishos Harabim, Rishos Yachid. If you have an Arab, the same way a person could carry his tissues in the street, of course your animal could wear all these things. It's, it's discussing when there is a Rishos Harabim, and you don't have an Arab, and what could you walk around with your animal? You know, you have a person has a dog, what could the dog walk around with on Shabbos? Next, Umazin Aleyan. Now, this has nothing to do with carrying on Shabbos. Another seem, seeming ran, random halacha here, we'll get to this, and let's say a person is doing his, let's say the uh, the harness, one of these things got tame, tame mace. So a person would need the the haza of the paraduma. You need the mechatas, they would sprinkle it on day three, day seven. So let's say you have to sprinkle uh, the mechatas the on the collar. Halacha is even if the animal's wearing the collar, you can still sprinkle it on the animal's neck. What's the chiddush? What's the what's the shaila? We'll get to that soon. The toyvam Let's say this collar needed mikvah, so you take the cow to the mikvah, right? Hopefully they desanitize the mikvah afterwards. But you take the cow to the mikvah while he's wearing this uh, this collar. No problem. He doesn't have to take it off. Interesting halacha. So we'll see what that has to do with this masechta at all. But we'll get to it soon. Fine. Now, I, I explained most of what these words are, but the truth is the Gemara explains it. So, my naka b'chatam, what does it mean, this naka, this dromedary with this chatam? So, amrava b'chana, naksa chivarti, it's a, it's a white uh, naksa, female naka, female uh, dromedary, bismama de parzla, it has a nose ring of, of iron. So, we saw the picture, you have this iron nose ring, and that keeps it in check. So, since that's typically what that it, that's what's needed. Rashi says it's needed for them to control them, so that's normal, and therefore they're allowed to use it on Shabbos. They're allowed to carry it in the street on Shabbos. The Luvdikin, a Luvdik, could go out with Prumbia with this, um, with the bit. Amravuna Chamara Luba What is this? What's a Luvdik? It's a donkey from Luv that has, that needs an iron uh, bit to be able to control it. So these Luvdikis were wild animals, and they needed extra, extra shmira. Levi shadar zuzi lebechazoy lemizbal nechamar luba. So Levi sent money to bechazoy. He told him, "Okay, go buy me this this uh, this luvnik. Go buy me this luvnik uh, donkey. Bring it back." So Tsaru, they wrapped up his money and shadu leisara. Instead, they sent him back barley. So uh, they sent him back barley instead of the donkey. What was the point of that? What were they trying to tell him? Lemeimar denigre de chamara sari. They're telling him you don't need to, you know, ship this donkey halfway across the country. All you need to do is just buy a donkey in your location and give it, you know, premium gas, give it barley, and that's how you'll have a strong donkey. So find just a, a, a story regarding these, uh, these these types of donkeys. They asked Rebbe. Cases and they switched it. They switched up the cases, meaning they asked him, Shelzubazumau. Let's say you took a different restraint or constraint for a different animal. Can a camel go out with the the nose ring that you use for the female dromedary? And could the this dromedary go out with the regular halter, right? So Gemara says, Nakaba Asperlati It's not a shallow because since 
the halter is not going to control this one-humped donkey, this dromedary, so it's, it's worthless. What, what's the point of it? You're just putting something on an animal that it's not, it's not going to help you, the owner? So then masohi, it's a burden. Once it's a masohi, it's a schlep, you can't, the animal can't carry it on Shabbos. So kiti mai. The other case, we have a camel, this two-humped camel, where you don't need this, uh, you don't need the nose ring. All you need to do is give it a typical halter. But I'm doing extra. So the shaila is, is extra protection, is that make it worse? Meaning, since it's unnecessary to do extra handcuffs, extra constraints, maybe that's called a masa. So the master said, it's came in the cycle, but aspar, masa, since it all needs is a halter, it doesn't need the nose ring, it should be, it should be a masa, it should be aser. I don't know, maybe the tirusi is to lay in masa. When it comes to extra, Extra control, that's not a masoi. So Abba Rabbi Abba. He said in the, in, in the name of Abba, which is Rabbi Yosi, Abba behemoth yotis ba'aspar. Four animals let it go out with this aspar, this halter on Shabbos. Hasus, you have your, your sus, va'apered, the, the donkey, you have your pered, which is, I'm sorry, you have your horse. The pered is a mule, a gomel, the camel, and the chamar, and the donkey. Lamute mai, lav lamute gomel b'chatam. Meaning these four could only go out with a halter, not something extra. My lav lamute gomel b'chatam, that a, a, a camel cannot go out with a nose ring. So the word says no, maybe lo lamute nakabaaspar, meaning there's only four that could go out with this halter, but a the one humped, Camel, which is called this dromedary, that cannot go out with a halter because it's not going to control it, and it's a waste of time. But don't bring me a raya that a camel cannot go out with an extra protection. Maybe extra protection is fine. Maybe that's fine. So let's see. The masnisa tana luvdekin v'gamal yotzin ba'aspar. In our mishnah, in our brayso, we taught that a luvdek and a gamal could go with an aspar, go with a halter, and and we keep going. Kitanoi, we have a mechlekes in the tanam. Now, the, this line is not so clear what it was trying to tell us. We should have just skipped it. That's the truth. So the Rishonim are, you know, grapple with what exactly the point of this line of the Gemara is. Either way, we'll skip it. We'll skip the uh, Pirish in it. But Kitanoi, we have Machlegah Sinam. What's the Shiloh? Again, the Shiloh is, does extra protection, extra restraint, is that considered a Masui because it's unnecessary? All you needed was a halter. You don't need to have this extra bit or this extra nose nose ring. So by doing that, of course, it's functioning. It's 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 keeping the animal at bay. But I didn't need this. So should that be considered a masoi, a burden, or no? Since it's 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 technically functioning and, and doing a, doing a use and, and fulfilling its purpose, so it should not be a masoi. So the kitanai. That's machlekes tanoim. The the price says like this. Ein chaya yotzeh b'sugar, a chaya, which is a wild animal, cannot go out with a collar. Chanani oimer yotzeh b'sugar v'chol dover hamashtamer. Go out with a collar or with anything else that that that, that keeps it at bay. So the Bema asks, you know, what are we talking about? Even b'chay gedol, talking about a, a, a you know a, a wild animal that's 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 very large. Rashi says can go in doiv like a beer. So misagili sugar, where you're putting a little collar on it with a rope, that's not doing you that's not doing you uh, too much. You know, sometimes you go walking in the park. And sometimes the, a dog, you know, the, the collar is not, is not really, uh, you know, constraining that. So forget about a beer. So the katana. What's he talking about a chaya katana? A small chaya, which would be a cat. So mile sagile sugar. So shouldn't the rope collar be enough for it? So why would you say it's not good? Ella lav chatul ika binayil. I'm sorry. So the, the, uh, the, the um, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. The chaya katana cannot be a cat because the Gemara is going to say the a cat will be different. So chaya katana, Rashi says, is a nemiya v'choldo, so type of weasel. So there, a collar would be plenty. So the Gemara says, 
So how can you have machlekes? So elalav chatulik b'nei. We're talking about a cat, and the machlekes is like this. Tanakama savak even the sagli b'misna ba'ama. All you need is a little, is a little, uh, you know, a cord or something. So masuhu. So to have a rope collar, that's excessive. That's extra. That's a burden. The Hanania Savar, Hanania from, from back with uh, Hatwana and, uh, and uh, Shia. So Hanania says, Anything, as long as it's functioning to, as a restraint, even though it's extra, I didn't need it, that's not called a Masuya. Masuya is only when it's not doing anything. This is doing something. So you see, you have Machlekes, Tanam regarding if extra protection, would that be a problem on Shabbos? Since on one hand it's functioning, so it shouldn't be called a masu, and on the other hand it wasn't necessary. So that's the machlekes. It's an old machlekes. A machlekes Tanam, Tanakama, and Chananya. Amrav Huna Bachia Mashmul Halacha Kechananya. Halacha is like Chananya that the extra protection is not a problem. Levi braid the Ravuna Bachia Rav Ravuna Havik Ozi Baarcha. They were going on the on the road and they were riding on donkeys. Kadmi Chamar the Levi. So Levi's donkey went first. Lechamar the Rabbi Ravuna cut him off. Cut off Ravuna's donkey and Cholosh Dati the Rabbi Ravuna. So Rabbi Ravuna was he was upset. Why was he upset? So you look in Halacha and, and uh, it talks about how they would travel. You would have certain you know order of operations who would walk first, who would walk second. You know covered Tamid Chacham. So Cholosh Dati the Rabbi Ravuna. He was upset. So Amar he was, I don't know if upset would be the right word. He was just Cholosh Dati. He was depressed. So Amar Levi said, Emily Musa I'm gonna tell him something to show him that it wasn't the lack of cover that the donkey went in front of you. Maybe it was just a wild donkey. The Taisif Date, so on Basim and Al, just a few more lines, the Taisif Date, I'll calm him down. So Amar Levi told him the following Shaila. Hamarsha Sakavram, you have a wild donkey, meaning not not a, not typically, you know, donkeys have you know have some wildness to them, but this one is bad. Hamarsha suck of wrong like this donkey that, that cut you off. It wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't the um, the 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 Amira. It was the donkey that cut you off. So Amale, I'm sorry. Hamarsha suck of wrong kigoyin prumbia b'shabes? Could this donkey go out with a prumbia? Prumbia was that bit that would that you put into the mouth and and it would, would really control the donkey. So can you do that on Shabbos? Meaning, even though a typical donkey, you wouldn't do that, but this donkey deserves a good patch. Can I put this bit in the mouth? So, you're allowed to do, to do extra restraint, extra protection. You're allowed to do that if that's what this donkey needs. That would not be a problem. And you're even allowed to go to the extreme, overboard, and protect, protect yourself and control your animals. So the Gemara just brings this story to bring out that point that we pass in like Hananya. So as long as it's functioning, even though you don't need this type of restraint, but since it's functioning as a restraint, halach is the animal is allowed to wear that on Shabbos. Okay, shkoyach.